Welcome to another episode of A Rosy Place for Children's Fragile Not Broken podcast. This week, we chat with Dr. Kurt Stiver, a Noble Legacy board member, about his involvement in A Rosy Place for Children. This week's episode is brought to you by Mike and Karen Leap and the Gurley Leap Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark McGill, the Director of Community Engagement at A Rosy Place for Children, and CEO, Teal Bishop. And welcome to another edition of A Rosy Place's Fragile Not Broken podcast. We're with uh, Dr. Kurt Stiver, a, uh, a legacy uh, board member. Uh, how are you? I'm well. Please call me Kurt. Okay, Kurt. Uh, but uh, you are, uh, or were for a long time, Dr. Stiver. Tell us about you. Well, I was born in South Bend, uh, John Adams High School, undergraduate at Northwestern, Got a law degree from Michigan, but I didn't really like practicing law, so I headed back to pre-med at uh, IU South Bend, and that's when I met my wife, Joey. We've been together for 40, almost 44 years now, and then medical school, OBGYN residency, two years of uh, fellowship in in high-risk obstetrics, Uh, and along that journey, my wife blessed us with... uh, two children, a daughter, Katie, she's out in Seattle, two, two granddaughters from her, and then our son and his wife are in Columbus, Ohio, and they have three boys. So my wife, my life is full of blessings. So we were just talking a minute ago, and something that I did not, was unaware of, but one of your grandchildren had some medical complexities uh, at uh, shortly after birth. Exactly. Uh, so we have five Grandchildren, the oldest one, Noah, uh, was diagnosed prenatally with a uh, complex heart issue where he basically, it's called transition the great arteries, where his uh, aorta and pulmonary artery are reversed. And so when he was five days old, he had to have uh, about seven hours of heart surgery to reverse the uh, congenital defect. And so Several of the reasons I am so passionate about a rosy place is because of the amazing care that our grandson Noah received. He's not been in the hospital ever since since he went home on day 11 of life. And my wife, Joey, uh, is also passionate about a rosy place, and she supports me fully in my um, involvement in this place. First introduction to a rosy place for children was what? I attended a um, fundraiser, I believe it was at the Notre Dame Press Box, which is probably in the mid-2000s, when I heard about, where I heard for the first time about what a rosy place uh, was going to be. It, the building didn't exist, but the idea was the vision of both uh, Dr. Bumi Okalami and Teal Bishop, and I was all in from the get-go. When so, did we meet, Kurt? What year did we, did we meet? I'm pretty sure we met the, at the press box, uh, and again, I think that was mid 2000s. Yeah, I think um, right. I knew Bumi Okalami from the hospital. I knew her husband, Femi, even better because he was in the NICU. But over the course of the following uh, four or five years, I knew more and more about a rosy place, and finally, when you opened your doors in 2011, I wanted to be on the board. So before a shovel was even in the ground, you were all in. Just the concept of it. Absolutely. Why? 
what was the concept that you loved and and what was it for Kurt that made well, it so I've I estimate that I probably had delivered about 10,000 babies over the course of my training starting back at uh, IU Medical School back in the late 70s through my oh. retirement in 2016. And as I had a professor who always told me it was either awfully simple or simply awful. Mm. And the ones that were simply awful were the ones that were either unexpected or had a diagnosis that... Um, was known but still wasn't the quote-unquote perfect diagnosis yeah. and um, so these kids were going home and uh, these parents were going to need help with raising their children. Dr. Okalami said something to me a couple of weeks ago that that just stuck with me and, and you kind of alluded to that she said that uh, you know the kids were surviving but the families weren't well, there's very good uh, data uh, suggesting that uh, divorce rate in uh, families of special needs kids is very high. That's one of the goals we hope to uh, uh, fix if we can, or at least reduce here at Rosie Place. But Mark, your first question, why am I, why am I so involved in Rosie Place? Because of children, no matter how they come into our earth or on our planet they need all the um, help they can get and that's what we're offering here that's true and medical complexity and the effects that it has on families we've seen right over the years you served on our board for six plus years you're now on the noble legacy advisory committee um, and you're not going anywhere, and I love that. I'm so glad you're staying with us. Um, but, the, but the challenges that these families face, realizing, uh, I know through conversations that you and I have had, um, the realization that there really is no support, um, aside now from us being here for 11 years, very, very little support in the community when it comes to caring for their child directly. And you've said to me, it's astonishing that 365 days a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, and they really just have not had any reprieve. And so I think that's one of the things that I would, I guess, assume to say that we're both proud of is that, that we can come alongside families and partner with them and say, let us be your child's first sleepover and make an impact on the family and the marriage. Um, last time I checked, the divorce rate was 84% among wow. our families. And I know that we've had marriages that have been um, made stronger because they have a family here, because we understand their every day. And I think that's a huge impact. I always say, right, if we, if we help two marriages, right, then, man, really meant the world to those two. If it was just the two. I think of a couple instances where I have, over the course of my uh, board tenure and my experiences with the Rosie Place that come to mind that I would like to share. Uh, number one is the, and I've told this a number of times, is the interview that a uh, South Bend Tribune reporter was doing with a woman who was attending uh, our Christmas um, program every December called It's a Wonderful Life. 
And she was remarking to the South Bend Tribune reporter that how wonderful it was that her entire family was here and was able to be photographed with Mr. and Mrs. Claus. And then she just sort of thought for a moment, she said, do you have any idea what it's like to take your child in a wheelchair to the mall yeah. and have people stare at you and ask you questions that you don't want to answer? So that's what um, a rose place meant to her. At the Christmas event, we hear that often, right? Um, you can't just go to the mall and plug in your ventilator if the battery starts running low. Or again, pre-pandemic, right? Our, our families were already living sort of a pandemic life. They always had to think about germs and who was already touching Mr. and Mrs. Claus by sitting on their lap and taking the picture. And mm -hmm. so it really is a special time in December when we're able to do It's a Wonderful Life and give those families sometimes the first family photo ever, right? Which is for really the, remarkable. For this woman, it was. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to share was that when I come out here I, and I see the kids that are staying here either through the day or over, having overnight stays and for lack of a better expression, having um, something that my grandkids get to do all the time, which is have a, a, a sleepover. Mm -hmm. These kids get sleepovers, and they've come to actually know each other's, the kids that show up when they're showing up. But what stri strikes me the most is how far below the radar these families are. You never see these kids out in public because they require so much care. I think it's estimated that possibly as many as half of our children out here are in wheelchairs. Maybe 15% mm -hmm. of them are on ventilators. And I can't imagine all the equipment you'd have to put in the back of your car to go someplace, to, to, to go anywhere. So yeah. if folks who listen to this today, if I could say anything out there to any of you, please come see us. Please come visit us and see what we're talking about and see what we are offering to the families. Just come take a look at us. You won't regret it. I agree. I don't think we've ever given a tour where somebody is disappointed in what they've seen here at a Rosie Place for Children. Um, it really is phenomenal. Um, the impact that it has, um, not only on the children, but the families, the siblings we talk about a lot, Mark. Uh, one of the stories that I love about the sleepovers, and I get choked up every time because I usually share this on the tour because it just it crosses my mind, is um, there was a, a little boy who was here, and he was staying for five days with another young boy. And both were in wheelchairs, but one was much more verbal um, and one was nonverbal. And we had not really served this nonverbal boy before. We didn't know him very well at all. He had come for an intake and we knew him through other family events, but we didn't really know him like we knew this this other young boy. And anyway, they stayed, um, they stayed during the week together and then the next week the mom calls and says, so, you know, my son had the best time with, you know, let's call him Joey, you know, best time with Joey this past this past day and we were wondering if if we could set that up and do that again sometime like they could come and have a sleepover together and we thought well 
that's so neat. We didn't even realize there was this connection. We didn't know this other young boy. I think they were around 12, 13. And, um, and so we said, sure, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to the mom. And so we, we call and we said, there's a young boy that, that stayed here with your son um, a couple weeks ago, and they would, they would like to set up um, another sleepover together. And she just starts sobbing. She just starts crying. And she said, never did I think anybody would ever call to have a sleepover with my child. What a remarkable thing for me, but for him, just for our whole family, we could rejoice today because that happened and we never thought that would happen. And that just struck me, you can hear my voice, it just struck me that it really is the simplest of things that most of the population um, doesn't have to figure out or mourn we take it for granted. We do. Absolutely. Even though we try not to, you know. We try so hard to understand, I think, and empathize, but we, we just won't unless we walk in those shoes. One uh, February, we have a, we have an annual um, Sweethearts Ball, and Notre Dame helped us produce a, some videos, and one of the videos to this day still strikes me of the woman the mother who is uh, being interviewed and about her daily routine. And she talks about how, she, what the time of day she gets up in the morning, what she does bef- to get herself ready, which is virtually little or nothing, because her son, who I think at the time is six, requires 24-hour care. Mm-hmm. She has a 12-year-old son who's quote-unquote normal, and he is in charge of lifting his younger brother so that uh, they can um, do daily activities in their home. And the two things that I remember about that interview, number one is the, the concern they had, what will, they be, what will they have to do when the six-year-old younger brother is too big for the 12-year-old brother to mm. lift? None yeah. of none of us ever that never crosses any of our minds. And yet at the end of the video she smiled and she says, And tomorrow we start all over again. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine yeah. having that kind of love. I can imagine that kind of love. It's the same love that I have for my kids and my grandkids. That's right. That she has for her. That's correct. Adult son. And we would do anything for our children. I say that all the time. As parents, you do anything for your child. But the question is, what does anything involve? And for this, these families, anything is more than we could ever possibly yeah. conceive. And so a rosy place comes along fortunately, and provides respite care for these families so they can, in this particular situation, so this mother can take her normal 12-year-old son to the movie or to the mall or whatever she'd, she'd like to do with her other sons and leave um, her fragile child at a rosy place. I think that's maybe what we can be most proud of, I know, is that it's the hope. It's the hope that we provide. Um, it's, a, it's a space 
that they can call their own where I love it when when families say in so many words you know your normals are normal and I just love that about here mm-hmm. um, you know they can plug machines in and we hear things and beeps and and nobody even flinches because that is just our every day and it's their every day and so to have families come in and share in community and go oh my word I had no idea there were so many of us out there and so that space of belonging is Over just remarkable 2,000 families in this yes. in our community yes. have medically fragile children which by definition are kids that require care every moment of their lives either to breathe to eat to get mm-hmm. around to wake up to go to bed every moment of their lives yeah I'd like to uh, change the subject if I can you sure can you and I have been going back at it and forth <laughs> but Mark is sitting over here very quietly taking it all in Mark how long have you been with the Rosie place since the uh, first of the year so coming up in almost a year amazing so, so, yeah. amazing those of you who know Teal really well knows that um, her oldest son spent six months at Riley on a ventilator so clearly she has a vested interest in this place and you've all heard me say that I've delivered a number of babies my specialty was high risk and so I saw some unfortunate outcomes but Mark tell us tell these people not us why you're so excited about being here well I got involved through Teal I met Teal we decided what 11 12 years ago mm-hmm. one of the golf outings yeah. and I and I didn't know Teal from anybody and I just remember Teal being Teal <laughs> and, and I just thought I don't know who this woman is but I'm gonna she's, be like Prince but right? I could just say just, the name just Teal I say something when you said Teal was being Teal that, yeah. that's hard to imagine what all that meant <laughs> <laughs> well in this case it was good but I, but, but of course it was. But you know just how how infectious she is. I mean, she just her energy, her passion, and and so I, I met her, and I didn't really think much about about anything. I just, but she walked away, and I thought, I don't know who that is, but but she's cool, and whatever she's involved in, she is so passionate about it. I got to be involved in it, and so then we talked, and I had her on my radio show, and I hosted the ball. Um, and I just, just the way, again, just, just how she is and, and, and her way about her. Um, and I had never toured. And uh, when I had the opportunity last winter, she said, do you want to talk uh, about maybe joining me? And I said, you bet I do. And it was New Year's Eve day. Mm-hmm. And we sat on that couch for three hours on New Year's Eve day. The time just went by. I don't even. Uh, and, uh, and, and we decided it was a good fit. Um, I still hadn't seen a child. I hadn't been here when the kids were here. But just seeing the building, seeing, you know, the facility, hearing the stories, knowing what they do, being with Teal. Um, and I wanted to answer and accept the job immediately. But I waited a week because I wanted to make sure that it was the right fit. Um, you know, Teal always said to me, uh, and, and I say this all the time, but she would say to me every time I'd see her and have her on the radio, it's a privilege to come to work every day. And I thought, that's a great company line. We should all say that. As you know, because you're here today, it's a privilege to walk through these doors every single day. So Teal was the reason that I got hooked on this place. Just her passion, um, you know, her heart for the kids. 
I was all in before I met a single child, and now good luck getting rid of me because, as you know, it's just you spend five minutes on that floor with, with any of our kids, and, and it's everything that you just described and what you just talked about, um, and it's a privilege to advocate for these children every single day, and we can't do enough for them. We can't tell enough people uh, about these kids and the stories. Um, so my why started with teal, but but it it just continues to grow every single day. Bullseye. <laughs> it's true. So folks listening to this today, I have one final thought, which is the um, we're talking about children that um, sound um, tough to raise, and they are. Any child is tough to raise. But what I want to impress upon you all is how much these children are loved by their families, by all the dedicated workers here at um, a rosy place. Yes. And um, come out to visit and see the smiles on these kids' faces at a rosy place is um, helping to add to their lives. You will not regret it. It's where love, care, and fun live, yeah. just you know, like you said. You brought up the uh, the siblings, and so that has been kind of my, I mean, we do amazing things for the fragile kids and, and the parents, but it's been the siblings that have, and, and Teal knows this, when we do our presentations, the, you know, what, what, what I, I love about this whole situation is the families are just, they all feel so blessed, which is amazing. But, but and I know the, the video you're talking about, I play it, I play that video during my presentation with the sibling. And I know myself when I was 12, if I had a medically fragile sibling that was, you know, keeping me from, from living a, quote, normal life, man, I would have been resentful. I would have been angry. I would have been mad. I would not have been helpful. These siblings, I mean, I, I just think they, we call them the silent caregiver. And again, and, I, and I, know, I know who you're talking about, but it's just the happy heart that these siblings have. And, and, and there are more stories like, like the one you just told. Young, old, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the siblings and the family nucleus that gets me uh, every you, time. You know, you say that, you've, I've heard you say that before about, you know, I'm, I might be resentful, but I think what it is, is being in this journey and experiencing this level of care, right? The complexity of things. Yes, um, you know, siblings aren't always taking the first seat, right? You're right. But what they get to experience and the empathy that they end up having, having and the joy and the fulfillment in helping, right, their family, it really bonds them like yeah. we've never seen. Um, I know experiences of siblings where um, young, you know, even three years old, they'll go into a preschool setting and they'll help navigate another child that may have special needs because they understand what that means yeah. at home. So there's no words for that, yeah. right? That's just living out empathy. That is living out. I have experienced this and I, and I kind of know the challenges, even though I don't even know the words for it yet. And I think even as adults, right, sometimes we 
we have a hard time describing what that's like here. It's hard to describe. And I think that's why, you know, we hear Dr. Cyber saying, you know, you need to come see it. And, and he's right. I Absolutely. Think, I think ultimately that's the key. So from the concept up at the Notre Dame press box to the day you walk through the door, what, uh, I mean, t- t- tell me, you know, tell me your thoughts when you, when you walk through the door for the first time. Do you remember what you were thinking? Because you had this concept in your mind. I mean, you bought in. You were all in from... From, you know, again, before a shovel went in the dirt, and now the doors are open, the lights are on. And, I mean, what's going through your mind as you walk through the doors? Well, my first visit uh, was uh, to a board meeting, and that evening there were no children here. But I was met by about uh, 10 or 12 other board members at the time. Each had the same sense of... Um, Involvement, sense of um, wanting to do the best by these kids and their families. But when I laid my eyes on the children, I knew I was in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And that was probably, well, the doors opened in 2011, January of 11. So that was probably, you know, over 10 years ago and every time I walk in here I'm basically dumbstruck by the smiles on the kids faces that's what gets me the most gives me the most joy and hope that we are doing the right thing here I've been asked you know as, as you guys grow and, and all the future plans and the future vision that you have, one thing I'm going to ask you to is how are you going to replicate the magic that happens here? That's a word that I hear when other um, investors or supporters or board members, you know, what's, how do you reproduce the magic? And, you know, I've thought a lot about that. I'm, I'm, we're writing a playbook right now, as you may know, uh, so that we can truly advocate for um, fragile children, for other people that may want to build these types of, of places across our country. And and so one of the things that I, I contemplate a lot is the magic. And I've realized there's really, there's no great words for it, because I honestly think it's the children that bring the magic. If you build it, the magic will be there. And so I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited about that. Absolutely. Anybody who is um, hearing about a rosy place for perhaps the first time doesn't really have to have any preconceived expectations of themselves because the magic will come to you when you walk through the doors and see the kids' faces. Mm -hmm. It will just come out of you. Because it's inside everybody. It is. It's amazing to see. And and I still say it, and I'll say it one more time. It's absolutely a privilege. It it's is. a privilege to be here. It's a privilege to know you, Dr. Stiver. I was going to say the same thing. We thank you so much I, for all you have done for these children. And I know you're going to shake your head and say it's not about mm. you. But as we wrap up this week's uh, podcast, um, we are so grateful for you. We really are. We just, and I know you're going you're gonna to say it's not about you, but, but I want you to know how much you mean to us. And, and me personally, um, 
you know, this is a new field for me, and you and I connected from from the start, the first time I met you. Uh, you know, I, I did. I, I had a connection with you, and I just. You inspire me. I need you to know that. And I, I don't say that to a lot of people. Do I say that to a lot of people? You don't. You I inspire don't. me. You really do. And, and every time I see you, what I do, smile and hug you because I'm so happy to see you. So thank you. It's, it's been a pleasure to be here, uh, Mark and Teal. This reminds me of my first text to my daughter, which is probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. This is my first podcast. And I was pretty reluctant to do it. But doggone it, you guys I'm, uh, but I'm glad I did it. I oh. hope that I hope that amazing. what I've what I've said has uh, been um, encouragement to those of you who are listening to come visit us. Absolutely. Please. Our role now, right, is to create a world of yes for medically fragile children and the families who care for them. I've heard that someplace. Yeah, that's right. That's our new mission statement and. Kurt, Mark, and I are going to go get busy doing that. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all that you do. And thank you for being here today. We really you're appreciate you. You're a phenomenal you. man, Dr. You're, you're, you're incredible. My and, pleasure. And you just spoke from the heart, and that's what we wanted. And uh, we just love you. So thank you. Enjoy your afternoon. Thank you for listening to A Rosy Place for Children's Fragile Not Broken podcast. For more information about the great work we do or how you can help, check out our website at arosyplace.org. And this season is powered by gratitude for Tire Racks employees. 